This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. And we're back to Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hey, look at this. We're back. Guys, we're back. We're out of quarantine. Yeah, so <laughs> we couldn't do a podcast last week because both Ken and I we're on mandatory quarantine because our children had COVID cases in their classes. So the kids were home and we were home. So home. So home all the time. I don't quite have an excuse. I guess the podcast could have been just me, but yeah. I, I feel like people would have turned that off really quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like, let's give Kyle a week off. Works for me either yeah. way. <laughs> so um, we're back. Only one child is in quarantine, so he's somewhere here in the office right he's, now. He's not in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is until after Thanksgiving now. Yep. They had another case in his class. It's not him. He got a test. He's negative. We are good. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I made sure to... <laughs> Kyle's, been, Kyle's been giving him handshakes all day. Yeah. <laughs> now he's a little nervous. Yeah. He's been coughing in my face all day. You mean to tell me you almost had COVID? He's what? in quarantine? <laughs> It feels like coughing because he doesn't have front teeth, so he's just breathing it's on you. It's just a giant through, hole. Yeah, it's just a giant hole. <laughs> smell now. His hillbilly teeth. Uh, it was adorable. It is Bragged really about it quite a bit. At six years old or seven years old, it's really cute. When you're like 37, it's not as cute anymore. <laughs> you've been there. You've done that. Yeah. It's worn, worn out. It's welcome. Missing teeth. That's <laughs> yeah. a certain point. I don't have any missing teeth, by the way. If anybody was taking that from cares. the conversation. Just, yeah. Just take after the mom. Just missing one of the front ones. But Stop that's it. I have a beautiful <laughs> smile. All my teeth are intact. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. There was some news last week that we need to get to. And, of course, a lot of changes happened this week. Um, so I think we should dive right into the release schedule changes. And then we'll go over the big news this week. So um, the film Comeback Trail, which we screened here in the office, just got taken off the release schedule. We're Bummer. really, we're really sad because that was really funny. People were laughing out loud here in the office. That mm. that actually ended up being pretty good. So whenever it comes back, I look forward to that, and I'm hoping that it comes back for theaters. Yeah, I'm surprised that there's no new release date for it yet. I feared that they would really push oh. for a theatrical release. I'm hoping they're not going to sell it to streaming. Yeah, it could be a streaming sale, but it's a it's an LA movie. You can't yeah. play it without LA, and if you don't know when LA is coming back, yeah, that's like, true. Like LA is going to be where we've had discussions where LA's in New York are fifty percent of some people's box office estimates. I think it's probably closer to seventy percent for this movie. Really? <laughs> it could be. Maybe just because yeah. of the the whole Hollywood tie-in. Yeah, like it was. It's. One of those movies. He's a shady producer in this movie. <laughs> it's like La La Everybody's Land. But like, I know a guy like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a funnier La La Land. Yeah. Is that what you're going to well, say? It's, <laughs> it's similar to that or these movies that play well on the coast that aren't made yeah. for middle America. Yeah, the demographic is Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had quite a few changes to next year's slate. Marry Me moved from February 12th to May 14th of 2021. Spirit Untamed moved from May 14th to June 14th, 2021. Micronauts was completely removed from the schedule next year. Um, Without Remorse was also completely removed from the schedule. No new, no new dates. Come on. United States versus Billie Holiday <laughs> is now uh, moved from February 12th, 2021 to February 26th. Monster Hunter moved up. Yay! 
from December 30th, a Wednesday opening to uh, Christmas Day, which is a Friday this year, which makes it just so much easier to do box office reports. Pleasant surprise. Yeah. And so, it's, but it's Sony. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. That could change. It is Sony, but that, Perfect Christmas that movie. makes it easier. <laughs> I would be family. happy. We call that counter-programming. <laughs> <laughs> I would be really happy, actually, if it moved up a week before Wonder Woman. So you got... A little bit of momentum. So if it went to the 18th, even better, Sony. Similar, Why don't they? Similar to Jumanji last year where it came out a week before. Right. Um, and then held through. Yeah. Um, I think they hadn't really had it in their plan when they didn't think Wonder Woman was going. There was talks they were going to move it up to the 25th. So I think that had been their plan all along. Yeah. Was seeing that there was a, a hole there. And then when Warner's announced Wonder Woman now is going on the 25th, which we'll get, we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I think that that breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ken. (laughs) We just slipped that in there, Cody. By the way, the biggest movie of the year is someone just spat out their coffee going, what? (laughs) We'll talk about it in a second. Um, I need one of those air horn buttons. Oh my gosh, don't you not get sound effects of the podcast. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah, the fart button. <laughs> um, so yeah, Monster Hunter moved up. We'll see if Sony moves it. I like to them I like to see them move it up a week to the eighteenth. The one time that we'd be like, Yes, go right ahead and move something again. Yeah, please. <laughs> Um, and then Fatherhood moved from April second, twenty twenty one to April sixteenth. Peter Rabbit two moved from January um fifteenth to um, April 2nd, which eh, closer to Easter makes a lot more sense. It's just, uh, that Sony. would have been a nice but title to have in January. Yeah. But fatherhood and Peter Rabbit are both Sony titles. So one of those is going to move off those dates. Yeah. They're not going to have a release two weeks. Well, I think that's other. why they moved fatherhood back and they, they have been known to release something two weeks into their next film. So it's, it's a tight squeeze though. It right is now. tight. This 2021 with all the product that we have is going to be stacked yeah. up and you would think you're already competing against everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to compete against yourself for grosses. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Beast 3, which was in November of 2021, has moved to July 2022. And that makes sense because they have to um, get a reshoot that um, Grindelwald character now. Because Johnny Depp is not no longer going to be Grindelwald. Yeah, I don't know how much they need to reshoot, but even still, that's a pretty short amount of well, time to film. But they that have type to cast somebody, and yeah, I've got to hire his lawyer though. So he had a pay-for-play contract. So if uh-huh. any scenes were shot, that he got a hundred percent of his deal, and they shot one scene. Yeah, so he got paid eight figures for his one scene of a movie. That's that's a uh. nifty little deal that he made. Yeah. That's genius. No wonder he had to turn down the role. No wonder he decided to step away. Oh. Step, easily stepped away. I'm being he was a better like, oh, person no, here. I have to leave. <laughs> oh, guys. Okay. Yeah. And then you hear in the distance the dump truck boop, boop. Yeah. Just... You hear all the wine bottles clinking in the dump truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the final big news Wonder Woman um, 1984 Wait. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's day and date with HBO Max. So I know a lot of um, initial reactions to this from theater owners were dismayed, to say the least. They were not positive. But I think people need to take a deep breath. And this is really good news. This is great. We are getting 
an A title finally. Not that Tenet wasn't an A title, but this is like A plus plus big title at Christmas time, which we really need a lucrative corridor. And yes, it's day and date with HBO Max. Um, that is kind of our new model, and we've got to learn to adapt to it. I'm not as worried about HBO Max as I would have been about, say, Disney Plus. Or um, Netflix. Or Netflix. Netflix has something like 150 million users. Uh, eight, um, Disney Plus has like something like 70 million users, 75. 70, 80, yeah. yeah. And um, HBO Max only has like less than 10. So it, Less than 10? 10 million users. I thought it'd be over 20 at least. No, I think it's like less than 10. I think it's like eight. They came into the market late. They came in, they didn't, they flubbed it a little bit. They didn't Mm. have content. So this is, this is big for them to start growing that, that user base. Um, and, and I might be wrong. I, I have to do my research again and Kyle can look this up while we're talking, but even if they had 20, that's nowhere near what Disney has with, um, Disney plus and, I just think that there's some that it's not going to hurt theaters as much that this that this streaming platform isn't as big, isn't a huge beast and isn't going to siphon dollars away from the theater. I think there is still some confusion with the marketing by calling it HBO Max. They it sounds they've used the HBO branding which everybody knew for like 20 years was a cable TV channel. So I don't know if you got people rushing out to be like, oh, that's a streaming platform. I get it for free. There's still a price component. You still have to sign up for that um, for that service. There's a little bit of hurdles with it with streaming. Whereas, you know, at, at the theater, you just go, you have your experience. And I think in conjunction with this, you play up the safety of the theater. The numbers since October, real quick, is 38 yeah. million subscribers. 38. But even... St- Still, that's lower since than o- they would like. Since October? Of this year, yeah. Okay, 38. Well, that's still way mm. less than... Yeah, it's substantially less, but it's way more than the number you gave us. Yes, it was. <laughs> Sorry. It changes the narrative. I saw the eight. Maybe <laughs> I just missed the three. It changes the narrative a little, but well, it's not but 30, Disney+. Plus. 38 million subscribers. It's 10%. Of yeah. American homes versus Netflix, which is 50%. They'd right. want, they'd want like, the 50%. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, how many... No, How many streaming platforms are going to get to that fifty percent? No, not many. And not many. But and it's a viable, the most viable film that we can do this with. Right. Like this is similar. If we got a a Disney animated day and date, this would be a similar process. Yeah. Like, if you're not playing this because you're taking the moral high ground, we understand that. We understand mm-hmm. that you're frustrated with the way things are. But this is the movie that's going to gross for you. Right. We, I mean, we, would we have liked a window? Absolutely. Would 100%. I have liked at least 21 days, like what we're getting with Universal? Absolutely. Um, no window kind of sucks. But what's interesting is that it's only going to be on HBO Max for something like 30 days. And then it's going to have a short exclusive theatrical run and then go into streaming and stuff. So okay. if you're still playing it after the 30 days, which most large places are still, you know, megaplexes are still going to be playing it. Yeah. You're going to, you might have an exclusive corridor down in to January and February when you, before the other product starts kicking in. I really don't see the release schedule getting crazy till March. So anything in January and February that tides you over is going to be great. And, and I can say that people had tenant on screen and we played it in some places eight or more weeks and it held up each and every week. It didn't drop off 
crazy. It held in there for in a matinee. Term, in terms of pandemic situation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to be clear about that. In terms know? of the pandemic, Tenet held in there for a few show times every single week. There were some, some good show times and it, held, and it sold people and it got people in there consistently. If Wonder Woman can do the same thing through January and February and we get that little teeny boost where we get an exclusive after 30 days, that'd be awesome. There's not going to be sleepers like we've had before in January, February. No. Where we had a movie that starts to get an Oscar run, like Parasite last year, where we were seeing right. big grosses. Or mainstream movies that we had the last two years that surprised us, like Bad Boys for Life, came yeah. and did a huge number. And then the year before that was Glass. Or Sonic. Glass that did a big number in Sonic, yeah, too. Sonic did a There's great number There's always these surprises, but we're not going to have that this year. There's nothing out there that's going to surprise us with its growth. I don't think so. And, it, I mean, this is all very circumstantial because we don't know what the COVID's going to be like in January and February. And we don't know if there's going to be restrictions and closures and we're seeing that come back now into the market a lot of places big markets are shutting back down again a lot of state mandated closures i mean we lost a half dozen states this this week to closures so it it's not the most ideal situation to put a film out especially when you're looking at 30 days out and you're looking at marketing dollars spent so it makes all this sense that each that um, Warner Brothers would go this route with HBO Max and but I just am so thankful that we have something worth promoting at Christmas time, worth being open for, and that will actually get people in. That yep. you might actually play on two screens. That would yeah. be awesome. Crazy to think of, but we're here for Wonder Woman eighty four. We're here yeah. for News of the World. We're here for Monster Hunter. Yeah, now we have three sounds. films. Look at I mean, which the, is a the normal. Christmas with three blockbuster openings yeah. within the the seven day ten day window and around, I, and Christmas. I can't think of another time during this whole COVID that we've actually had three legit wide release openings on three weeks in a row, maybe where we had yeah un, unhinged Tenant and then David Copperfield or, or not yeah. uh, New Mutants were those three yeah were, we're kind of there but you know, they this were three is... weeks apart. This is all at once, so yeah. you have three different demographics coming into your theater. Nope, this is going to be the closest we've had since COVID started to an, um, what would be a normal since weekend. Since March 13th, can you believe it? Yeah, at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we're still not out of the woods by any means, but at least this was this was make or break for some people, and I just want them to know that this, is I think, is going to work out better than... Yeah, and it shows that... I mean, right now we may not think that studios are on our side, but it shows that there are studios like a warner bros that want these movies in theaters well and understand that there is value in the theatrical model still and the people that we work with on the sales side are working for their jobs at this point they have to they have to fight to get these movies into theaters they have an actual task to perform to justify what they're doing and we have to support that by getting these on screen following the cinema safe program Mm -hmm. getting as many people in as we can you're not going to see you know, a hundred million dollar opening for Wonder Woman like we're used to. We're not going to no. see those kind of numbers. But twenty million would be outstanding. Twenty million would be above and beyond what anything has done. Twenty million from Wonder Woman, fifteen from News of the World, ten from Monster Hunter. That would yeah. be the biggest weekend we've had since February That'd all be year. So <laughs> huge. I don't think that's going to happen. There's going to be some cannibalization. But if we could get twenty million out of Wonder Woman and then even ten out of News of the World and five or six, you know. 
out of Monster Hunter, I that it still again is double the amount that we've seen any other weekend if, so yeah, far. Yeah, in terms of pandemic. Yeah, if you yeah. had to pick three people though to like save us from a pandemic type situation, Wonder Woman, Tom Hanks, and then Mila Jovovich who fights all those zombies <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Like you can't do too much better than that. No. Like it's not uh it's not the perfect match, but it's it's pretty damn good. That's three in a row yeah. right there. You yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean we would take one uh, three of the Avengers over <laughs> these three movies, but <laughs> but you know what? We have to resort to Wonder Woman, so <laughs> that's take, still not too bad. Take Tom Hanks any day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, that'll be good. But we were also discussing how you know Warner's is going to do what they can marketing wise for this and make it as successful. But they're going to also be marketing HBO Max. Like they're going to they're they're going to be kind of split on their marketing on this. So you as a theater owner are going to have to really step up and market and really market the sa- the safe cinema protocols other way around sorry cinema safe protocols thank you um, save your cinema too like we should promote yeah, that as well save your cinema cinema the cinema safe program um There'll yeah. be links available when we post right. this episode as well. But cinema safe, get those protocols, masks, do do all that. Get people feeling safe in the theater. Now is the time because this is when you're going to have probably the most people interested in coming to the theater. All of a sudden, they're going to have a movie that they're going to be like, oh, I wonder if the movie theater's even open for this. And so um, this is your opportunity to put your best foot forward for what hopefully will be a surge of new customers coming back to the theater and we want the best protocol so they keep coming back so we're talking you know having your online ticketing ready telling everyone yep. that the protocols are in place getting banners up hand sanitizing stations all the stuff that you think you need to do double it right to make sure that anybody walking in knows there's no reason to to fear a virus yeah. when they're going into the theater no and really promote See, you know, these protocols online, get your messaging out. You want the people that are coming to know ahead of time that, you know, what are some of the expectations of coming to the theater now that there's finally a movie they want to see? Do I have to wear a mask? Yes, that is something that you should probably have everybody be doing regardless of how you feel about it politically. You want to make sure that no um, cases get linked back to your theater and there's no reason to shut you back down again. So. Still zero. Just saying. Just still zero. Still yes. zero people. <laughs> Knock it on wood. Yeah. yeah. I trust them. Thanks for, thanks for that, Kyle. I trust them. Um, and what's what's great <laughs> is that NATO does provide some of the marketing for this. You don't have to come up with materials. There are a lot of downloadable materials, and we'll put the links up um, on silverscreeninsider.com so that you guys can find all the banners and posters and things. And they've got DCP um, trailers you can put yep. right up on screen. They even made a lot of little little marketing trailers for not just on the screen, I think for social media as well, little videos. So get into that. Start using it. Start preparing now um, for this. I think it, it's going to be gonna finally happen people we've been preparing for this all year people it's go time it's go time i remember remember this feeling when unhinged was finally getting booked and Uh, confirmed and drives were arriving russell crowe save us and we had tenant coming up it was so exciting and then the air came out of the balloon like two weeks later well we had a lot of closures it was just (laughs) but it was rough but it you know i hate to see the closures but it feels like 
there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Could be. It could be. It could also be a train coming right for Now it's my turn to yeah. knock on wood there. Yeah. Thanks, Ken. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, Wonder Woman. That's very exciting. We have marketing materials, right? Besides just this um, cinema safe protocols, we have one sheets and graphics and all that. For Wonder Woman? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll and bet. I'm sure they're going to keep giving us more because of all this new HBO yeah. marketing. Now but... that they've decided that to go and that it's set, um, I, I anticipate we'll get more marketing materials. Um, and then, and then Warner's is using a different marketing fulfillment, correct? Ken, is that um, iMoxie? Is that? Yeah, they have been. Now, I'm not sure about Wonder Woman because people are looking for ways to save money right now. Yeah, but there are um, iMoxie and. Uh, fulfillments by visual vision media management. Vision media, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also a new company called paper airplane that is handling a lot of stuff for universal and a few other film companies. So there's, there's going to be changes there too, just like we saw with the uh, cannibalization of Cinevision by deluxe. Yeah. So it's going to be, take some time to search for stuff, but get it as soon as you, as soon as you can. Start requesting now because I, I'm sure everything's first come first serve and it'll be gone because it'll have all new dates and stuff on it. Paper well. dates and I'm sure the posters will have something about HBO Max, but yeah. if you happen to block that out before you put it up on your <laughs> signage, I don't think anybody would mind. No. Uh, Paper Airplane, real quick, also has assets for Save Our Cinema, and they don't have much yet, but I think it's enough to get started, and I'm sure they're going to keep uh, putting more of that stuff on there, too. So keep an eye out. Nice. All right. What was some other big news that I think last week came out on the Cinemark deal, or was that this week? Two weeks of blurred together being stuck at home with my children. Cinemark was this what week, day I is believe. It? Oh, I only know it's Friday because we came in for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, Cinemark decided to stand up and step up to the big boy table and then sit back down at the They crumbled table. under yeah. the pressure. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they added, um, they agreed to the 17-day theatrical window for PVOD with Universal but with, uh, they, with slight change. With a slight change, which I feel like it was a a positive thing to start putting these stipulations in to increase the amount of time in theaters. But why don't you explain right. it a little bit better? So their stipulation was that if a film on its opening weekend generated $50 million or more, then it stays in the theaters for 31 days or five full weekends before... And, and there's nothing to say it couldn't stay longer if it was still generating, but the, that was the breaking point that, that tacked on a couple extra weekends to a theatrical exclusive mm-hmm. run. But my reaction when I first read this was, oh, 50 million's too high. Like that, that to me was not the right number, that a more fair number would have been $30 million because how many $50 million openings do we really get in a year? And um, Well, and, how, how many do we get? Well, I'll get into that. <laughs> but, but the point I was trying to make was I don't know if now giving COVID and the um, – and the pressure and the competition with streaming, if we're going to continue to have as many $50 million openings that may be a big opening in the future. And what as a theater circuit, I would have hedged my bets on is the $30 million opening is probably going to be the new big normal. But 
I get, I digress. We'll get into the numbers on this. So in 2018, we had, if we go by this model and we extrapolate it to all the film companies. So if all the film companies signed on and this became industry standard, this $50 million mark, there were only 17 films in 2018 that opened um, to over $50 million or, or more. And so they would have only, of those, they would only had a, um, you know, 30-day theatrical run. If we went to the $30 million mark, which is where I kind of think we should be, um, we we get 26 weekends out of the year. So out of 52 weekends, 26 weekends would have been the 30-day weekends, which is half the year. Which uh, is a full year with the two extra weeks. Right. So if you consider those each as a two-week additional booking, then that fills a year. It fills the year. Yeah. So we're just looking at 52 weekends. If, if we go by the $50 million mark, only 17 weekends qualify for the, for the extended 30 days. Otherwise they would be 21 days in VOD. Um, if we go by a $30 million, which I feel is just so much like more equitable and fair for theaters, we would have gotten 26 weekends, which would have been half, half of the weekends in the year. You would have gotten, a 30 day exclusive window. And then if we went, if we want to be really interested, if we went to 25 million, we would have had an additional, uh, four more weekends. So we would have had a total of 30 weekends by going to 25 million. So most big movies open over $20 million. So, you know, getting any much lower doesn't really help, help the studio out that much, but I feel like 30 was the number. And if we look at 2019, um, it's kind of very similar. Um, there were 16 weekends in 2019 that grossed, um, opening over 50. If we went to 30, there were 26 weekends. So same number. So, um, my take on it is, I mean, they could only negotiate with universal and universal only has a portion of these films opening and it's th- definitely their big titles like fast and furious and stuff will be, will apply to the 30 day window. But if this becomes more industry standard, since they were the first ones out of the gate with this, I would have really liked to have seen a $30 million break point and not 50 because I just don't know in the future how many $50 million openings we're really going to have. And is that 50 now really 30? And does that, you know, would have that have hedged the, this theater circuits bets a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, that 50 number might sound great between the studio and maybe even Cinemark seeing the trend, uh, these past few years, but it's like you were saying, it's probably going to change after all this pandemic stuff and COVID Mm -hmm. stuff is over with. Cause we've been seeing that the theater industry is changing. We've been seeing how release types have been changing and, even we have to been having to prepare for that on our website for those types of changes because that just might end up being the new normal. So I do feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of the, you know, 30 million opening grosses instead yeah. of, you know, a more typical 50 million opening. Well, it's just hard to negotiate off pre-COVID numbers because COVID changed everything yeah. and, and the studios took advantage of that. Yeah. And then, but then to come to the negotiating table and say, well, in our pre-COVID numbers, this is how many movies actually we were, we made the money. Well, that may not happen post-COVID. So I feel like it's a little disingenuous. And, and what 
really upset me about the Cinemark deals, they're not treating this like it's just a, a short-term pandemic deal. This, I think, was a three- to five-year deal. So oh, this I'm sure was, it is. Cinemark's locked in this deal in the next few years. In the next few years when we have a lot of products. So on the one hand, am I thinking, does Cinemark assume that things are going to go back to more normal and that we're going to have more $50 million openings in the next three to five years because they locked in at this deal? Universal could have said that and they could have thought that. I mean, it's all speculation, but. Yeah, speculation. But I think if it's your business, you have to put your eggs in the basket that things are going to return to normal. Like, because you can't change. You can't create a vaccine. You can't change public perception about the virus out. But you can, however, bet on your business. Yeah, but you got to. I guess I'm just less risk averse and I would be more conservative and I would have liked to have seen a more conservative number as the break point. I would like to have seen 30, even 35 maybe, but I think for the, I guess for you're you're right. They're kind of thinking more of in the now than in the future. Well, um, they, I think they had to go off of the past. Ex- yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, we all know that we, we can't use 18 and 19 projections for, for 21 i just i mean we couldn't use 18 and 19 projections for 20 because we knew it was going to be a down year yeah like we knew without avengers without harry potter without these things ready to go there was going to be a blip in the schedule Mm -hmm. no no um disney sequels no star wars like we knew there was going to be a huge blip this year not as big as it ended up being. because no, we thought, well, we had a James Bond and we had a few of these other, we had a Fast but, yeah, and no, Furious. Yeah, we had and... the biggest movie of all time last year. In, in Endgame. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. 2019. So we had that right. and then everything else. So we knew there was going to be a dip this year with the national gross. We knew that was going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what came out, just because it was what it was. It was like a 20-film buildup right. <laughs> to a single movie, which rarely happens. So it was... Um, we knew it was going to be down, but it's just crazy situation. And it's, it's good that they're actually negotiating some of this, though. It's not just a flat 17 days. Right. Like that, at least I it's was It's way better see, than the AMC deal. I was glad deal. to see there For were sure. stipulations yeah. with it. So at least they they bent to Universal's will, but they weren't stupid about it. <laughs> well, as stupid. Think? I still think they were. But, you know, it's Could just... Could go in there guns blazing? <laughs> I, I mean... Universal had them over a barrel. I mean, they, the studios have the product and the theaters don't. And that's the issue. And the studios now, you know, used to be like, well, we can only get our product through these theaters. But now the technology has changed that. So that's the, that's the real issue. Theaters just don't have the leverage to negotiate like they used to. No, definitely not. So you got to, unfortunately, take... Uh, I, what I think is a worse deal, but I, like we said, we're trying to stay positive and it was good that there was that break point to add on more, more weeks. But I think the big question is what does this mean for little guys? Because you know that a film like fast and furious is, you know, if you get it on the break that great, you've got your 21 day or 30 day window. But if you don't get it on the break and and it say it doesn't make fifty million dollars when you open when it opens. Do you is there even any life after it off the break? Is there, you know, life at two or three weeks later or on week four or five? And when some of these theaters were getting this product, and if that if you're competing with streaming on weeks four and five, 
that's where I think you're really going to see the pain in the industry is, is there's just no value left in it at that point. There's no meat on the bone. And, and can that be addressed? You know, cause I, at the same time, they're making these stipulations on these windowing. They're not adding prints. They're not changing the print counts. And so we're still seeing the same theaters getting product right away. And then everybody else, you know, trying to, you know, get what they can, these scraps off these bones in weeks four and five. And, and that's just, I'd like to see that be addressed and changed too. You know, if you're going to go 21 days VOD, then increase the print counts let more people get a shot at exclusive theatrical you might also see that 50 million opening number if you do yeah, it yeah then you might start seeing those if you get them out there more it but again that's all unfortunately it's all speculation but seeing how things are progressing within our industry mm-hmm. that seems like most likely how that's going to happen right so you just prepare if you're if you're an owner that or, and a manager that gets film in that week's three, four, and five, um, you know, you got to really decide is a minimum guarantee worth playing this film. If I'm also, if it's also available on streaming and what's mm-hmm. my ticket price going to be? See, there's a lot of questions with this that weren't answered in that article. Are you going to, are they going to entertain variable ticket pricing? So when I get my 21 day theatrical exclusive, maybe universal gets a $10 ticket, but once I go day and date streaming, do I get to now bump it down to a $5 ticket to compete with streaming? Is, is that going to be able to happen? Um, I mean, that's a big, that's a big question in there. It's um, been a huge sticking point, especially yeah. for Warner brothers. Like they have been one of the most vocal with us about standardized ticket pricing. And well, it's always been part of everybody's master license agreement. It's to word off fraud. It's so that you don't play a classics film in your theater for a dollar. And then, um, and then sell people the $1 ticket on your box office reports and report that and then let, and then they're going to the first run film, but sneaking I don't sneaking into the first run. Film. Yeah. Oh, hundreds of people sneaking in sneaking all over the in. place. Well, it's also like a fraud thing too, no, you know, understood, but you would on rather the reporting sell. side of it, regardless. I mean, you could be selling $10 tickets to your patrons, but you're only reporting the $1 classics tickets. That's yeah. the fraud component that I think studios are worried about. And mm-hmm. that's why it's always been against um, your master licensing agreement mm-hmm. to have variable pricing. But I, I would think that now with technology, the way it is and the report, the mandatory reporting and the showtime reporting and the things that they actually get and the checkers that they can send that, you know, it makes it a little harder to skim off the top yeah, if and. you're listening to this, you're a good person. We're not scared. Right. <laughs> Just straight up. You are right. all I've good people. I've heard this happens in the industry. I've never actually seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere. From evil film buyers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, those guys that got started in the 80s and uh 70s and 80s that went fast and loose with the rules in the good old days yeah you could just do whatever you want with your you could you could smoke in there you could smoke cigarettes with a green desk lamp (laughs) (laughs) give me a gun and your badge oh my god no no joke my dad had a green desk lamp forever on his desk i guaranteed it ken's like really (laughs) shocked oh when did he get started in the 70s you said (laughs) It's like you're getting this from your experiences in life. I don't know. He's just been watching a lot of NYPD Blue lately. <laughs> We've been on quarantine. 
It's all we have left. We've seen everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Revisiting the classics. Oh, geez. You're damn right. <laughs> so uh, what, el- what else is there for the news then? Or do we have anything more to add on for this other topic? No, I just, we'll have to see how this plays out. I mean, this is one step in the this process. We are basically creating new new industry standards with the, with these windowing and stuff, but it just adds a lot more questions about pricing, about uh, print availability, about showtime and in schedule of um, flexibility. I mean, no, we were playing a game of checkers. It was always the same. You yeah. can move left or right and that's it. And now the game turned into chess and we're hoping it turns back into checkers. Everything goes a back little to bit, normal. Yeah. <laughs> but this, the things we're doing with scheduling and bring in independent films and bring in day and date VOD movies is nothing we ever even considered. Well, I think we talked about that this was in the future, but I thought we were two or three years down the road from this. This is not what I thought we would be dealing with in 2020 at all. I, I really thought we had a couple of years Definitely before. Not. I thought we'd be arguing for mid-level theaters to get the newest blockbuster, <laughs> not, not yeah. booking, you know, wholesale for for gravitas and vertical and uh saban but they've all been great they've all been awesome yeah (laughs) no i it's actually given these little guys um these smaller distributors a a opportunity to get into way more locations than they ever would have gone into so that's been that's actually been a nice surprise and we've actually had some pretty good films come out of it probably 10 times the locations than they would have expected oh my gosh yeah it's an overwhelming amount yeah for them when you're seeing um, on the weekend numbers, something opened in a thousand theaters from vertical entertainment. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about theater chains like Cinemark and stuff, you know, everybody got really excited over the vaccine news that we are once... That Dolly Parton's going to save us all. Yeah. <laughs> she invested. <laughs> that we are one step closer to a vaccine that um, trial the, some of the trials have gone great and we, the efficacy of it is, is um, like at 95% or something. So so we're, we're on the horizon for that. And, and with that, hopefully will come more socialization and, and um, on that news, the Wall Street increased the stocks on several theater companies. Stocks increased o- o- on that news. I think AMC and... AMC, yeah, AMC's was supposedly like an eighty percent increase. Uh, yeah. Cinemark's they were in the toilet though, so that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And Cinemark's I believe was about forty. Yeah, 40% I mean inc- that's a increase. Big, that's a crazy increase, even right. for Cinemark, who's a pretty well-run company um, yeah. without a huge debt load. Not AMC, who's massively in debt. That's why they went up eighty percent. They're like, oh, they might actually be able to service their debt. We can save ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Cinemark's yeah. have been doing it right so far. When AMC did the merger, I mean they're they're trading now at ten percent of what they were when they did the big merger, so it's going up that minimal amount. It's it's good news, meaning that yeah. there will be theater going. But don't take the just like anything with Wall Street. Don't take the stock prices. Something is something is up that they know something that they're right. substantially benefiting from this. You know, no, the, they are different. Definitely analysts outside of our industry making um, you know perceptive decisions on it on the stock so yeah it's definitely a great thing it gives us the opportunity and something to look forward to at least it's positive 
least oh. it's positive. And Dolly Parton's involved. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Um, and then the kind of the last thing we want to talk about um, with streaming and stuff was David Fincher signed a four-year Netflix deal to make uh, more product for them. Um, he was better known for, what, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, that, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Fight Club, um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Gone Did someone girl. say Gone yeah. Girl already? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, he, they're not, you know, blockbuster franchises, but they're relatively known names. Like, yeah. if, if if a normal person has heard of these movies, they'd be like, oh, I remember hearing about I've that I've heard once. of Fight Club. I've seen parts of it. Honestly, I Fight think Club. I've seen Fight Club. Fight Club might be his most watched movie, right? I just remember um, his name is always in my brain associated with Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because it bombs so horribly because you don't want a movie like that at Christmas. And that taught me a big lesson about booking. Yes. <laughs> Do not take rated R scary rape movies at Christmas. No, it will be a Christmas <laughs> film for the whole family. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he. there was an article uh, on top of him recently announcing that he signed a four-year deal with Netflix um, after making his movie Mank. Might have been in a few theaters, I don't know, but um, he was pretty much explaining like he was moving over to Netflix because he's tired of traditional Hollywood studios breathing down his neck about box office numbers and complain about how there's only two theatrical seasons for movies, uh, yeah. Spandex Summer and Affiliation, Affliction. Or Affliction yeah. uh, winter. Winter, excuse me. Yeah, he, he kind of got <laughs> a little wordy, a little like eloquent maybe i don't know what the right word is i'm trying to say but he said unless you're making a tentpole movie with a happy meal component no one's interested right and i don't think he's off on that assessment but um i just think no one was interested in his movies burn yeah they're not that great i wanted to make a movie about citizen kane like and the average moviegoer is like what's citizen kane yeah yeah no i mean there's there's room out there for people to make art. Right. It's just not the way it used to be where you can green light something on just a name. Yeah. No, I, and Kyle and I talked about this and I'm like and I think what this this really speaks to is is more of a existential question about movies. Are movies made for the audience or are they made for the creator? And I think in David Fincher's point of view they're his creations and he wants to make what he wants to make regardless of how successful it is but is that really furthering this industry and is and is that really helping any you know like is that i don't know it's like kind of goes with the academy awards do we honor art for art's sake or do we honor what actually people went and saw and and enjoyed and if no one's enjoying his (laughs) movies if they're not being seen then I guess I'm kind of like, what's the point of making them? But yeah, he can go over to Netflix and do his, make do his, his movies thing. and you can enjoy them there. And then you can go to the theater and take your happy meal and enjoy, <laughs> yeah. and enjoy the stuff that they're making for the masses, yeah. for people that want to see them, want to enjoy them. I understand that there's commercialism with what we do. Like mm-hmm. every, every film, every TV show is selling you a product beyond what is, on the screen, you know, beyond your watching in your eyeballs. They're trying to yeah. get you to purchase something. But that's part of how the world works. Or or live an experience or, you know, 
have find some escapism. I still think that those things that people loved about movies are still why people create movies so that you can escape into this different story. I just don't think anybody likes David Fincher's stories anymore. And so fine, he can go to to Netflix, but Well, I think how, Sorry, Cody, you finished your thought. I was going to say how many people are clicking on Mank on their algorithm. Well, I, that was going to bring me to what I was thinking. Like I understand why Fincher as a creative wants to go to a studio that lets him do what he wants instead of yeah. having someone breathe down your neck. It's just that how many more people are going to see your movie, even on a streaming service? Yeah. Is that the point? Does he care if people see it or not? Which I feel like it should to a degree. Like I'm all for right. art for art's sake. That's why I always argue with you when it comes to the academies. I'd rather yeah. them vote based on is the art good versus the commercial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do wish it was involved to a I degree. I wish they went hand in hand. Somehow. I agree. Yeah. But at the I don't know. At the same time, though, like you just, you also have to think like, are you doing it for yourself? And if you do, that's fine. But would you also like it to be not just for yourself? You know, I mean, you will get an audience, but is it really going to be that big of an audience? Yeah. I don't know. It, but like, it's that philosophical question. And I like the idea of big audiences. <laughs> yeah, because it, you know. Butts and seats. Butts and seats, man. I, I like mean, that. It helps the theater industry, but also for most people. I feel like for most people, like, that's the well, fun for, part of it. Well, for shared movie experience. going in general, yeah. Like you said, it's a shared communal experience. And you don't get that by sitting in your living room watching sappy black and white movies. Isn't making black and white? It's black and white. Yeah. And I don't know if it's sappy, but well, whatever it is, I'm not watching. Intense. It. I don't know. Looks dumb. You meant <laughs> no. I guess it is going to theaters, so we'll give it a break. I won't go after them too hard. It's more barely more theaters than in most years, though. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, it's definitely going to be available to locations that are interested in playing it. Okay. The window is going to be short. I think it's very seven days. short. For most locations. Yeah, which is fine. Doing it it's more, more of a window than Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, substantially more. Um, but, you know, it's it's just this changing of the guard from going from one thing you're very used right. to where you put a film on 35 millimeter and ran it through a projector. Yeah. And, and now it's a, a completely different industry than it was even 15 years ago. Which and is it, crazy to and think. it just and, brings up like, why are we making these movies? What are we trying to get out of it? Are we trying to have this communal experience? And and if we are, does the, do theaters play a role in that? And I guess I was more frustrated with him and his comments about our industry because he was. I felt like he was um, thumbing his nose at us. Well, tell him off. I did. I said his movie was dumb, <laughs> and that he deserves to go over there because I don't want to play his movies in my theaters because. They won't make any money because no one wants to see them because so, they're bad. You Whoa. don't you don't know that. There could be that one art student in film school who went well, out to see it. He won't buy popcorn, so I don't care about him. <laughs> Every, he's poor. He's sneaking his vape pen. I was about, yeah. to, I was about to say everyone loves popcorn, but I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I am the minority, yeah. so I shouldn't talk. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, totally kidding. <laughs> well, I think we covered all the big big ones this week and last week <laughs> and last week's big news and um yeah hopefully next week we'll we won't have a podcast next week because it'll be thanksgiving so um we'll catch you in two weeks again from now 
Sorry about that, but uh, check out our other episodes. We've got a whole bunch, and they're all fun, and they're great. Yeah. And we're awesome. And I'm so glad to be back out of the house for a little bit, even though I just came five blocks to the office. Don't you just love the experience <laughs> that we supply like, at the office? Room. It's a new person. I know. Kyle. I've been hiding out in the laundry room just because the room I don't go in every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's nice in here. <laughs> nice and cozy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. Again, check out many of our other episodes on silverscreeninsider.com and on other podcast platforms. And if you are a theater owner or manager who's you know, going through what we've been talking about on this episode, needs help getting those marketing materials, not just for all these upcoming movies, but also for things like Cinema Save and Save Your Cinema, uh, you can check us out at silverscreeninsider.com. Just get a subscription there and you'll have all yep. the materials and information you'll need. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take it easy. Peace.